and welcome to Annersbrook Church. We hope that this message from our lead pastor, Graham Heslop, both empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure you subscribe or visit our website at annersbrook.co.nz for a service near you. So here's the word today. I really feel like I just wanted to share a word with you. I'm speaking in three different places today, believe it or not. Right now, I'm speaking to our Wellington location on video as we speak. And we're speaking to our online crew. We did a pre-recorded message. And now I'm speaking to you. It's pretty clever. I'm clever, aren't I? Hey? Multitasking? But I really felt a word. I was driving. Uh, on Sunday mornings, I have a, I have a little ritual uh, because it often always involves church, always has. Uh, but these days, I can be in any of our locations really believing to bring God's word and encourage people. So generally, if I'm at home and not away... I will wake up, so that's a good way to start. No, not funny? Okay, so I woke up, and then I, I, get, I get dressed, get dressed, and then uh, I scooch off in the car. And I'll, I've always tend, tend to have quiet time or devotional time, time with Jesus, away from home. We've got five kids and two cats. And, you know, one, one of those groups are from the Lord, and the other is not. <laughs> and you work out with one group. And uh, shut up, bah, bah, bah. and so um, so yeah, I jump in the car, go for a time with the Lord, and I don't even look at the message. Don't I don't even touch it. I've learnt over the years that actually, um, even I think in the early stages of ministering or communicating or preaching, uh, I I think I think the words on the page were the thing that made me nervous. But then very quickly, as time went on, it, I, I actually wasn't worried about that as much as I was worried about what really truly made me nervous. If I get nervous, it's what's going on in here. And actually just really just being in a place with God where I can probably get out the way and he can just do what he wants to do. And So if, if anyone ever asks me, do you get nervous before you preach, I only, only ever feel nervous about, okay, God, have, do you want to speak? So I'll scooch off and do that and go and spend some time singing. Last week was awkward. Someone walked past the car while I was singing quite passionately with my eyes closed and I opened my eyes and I was down the beach, uh, back beach, and, and these people walked past looking at me like this and I thought, ha ha. <laughs> One other time actually I was praying quite passionately. It was winter. It was daylight savings, not daylight savings time. And going crazy, like I just really got quite worked up in the Lord and praying loudly and then, and then out of nowhere at my window and it freaked me out. Like seriously, I nearly had an accident. And then the, the, the person said, I've got a flat battery. And I looked at the clock, it's like 20 past six. I'm like, what business do you have having a flat battery? And interrupting my time with the Lord. So then I'll drive to a cafe at the end of this. I'll do some other stuff. Um, and then get a coffee for my wife. And that is a really important thing. Even last night as we were going to sleep, she said to me, so, good night. Uh, she often does a speech like, you're the most awesome thing that's ever happened to me. Um, wow, you're a wonderful, muscly guy. <laughs> I am lying right now, but I just feel slightly bad about it. I'll confess it now while we're ahead. And then she said, um, also, see you in the morning with my coffee. And so I said, okay, sweet. So, yeah, and I was a wee bit late this morning. I, 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 I came, I think I was about 20 minutes later with the coffee than normal, and she texts me, not, hey, babe, not, yo, you okay? She said this. She just said, you okay? That was it. Uh, and what she's actually saying is, <laughs> where is my coffee? <laughs> you know, like, happy wife, happy life. 
I think it's caffeinated wife, happy life. That's what I, I think. Anyway, so last uh, two Sundays ago, I was driving uh, to the cafe, and out of nowhere, so distinctively, I sense in my spirit, the Holy Spirit, not audibly, but in my spirit, just sense these words, Graham, every believer has a measure of faith. Every believer. And, and w- when God speaks to you, it feels different. I want to give you a little, little help on this. God wants to speak to you. Often it's a frequency issue. We can just be a frequency off because we're just too busy. We just haven't settled ourselves. We're not even really wanting him to. Or, or we've talked ourselves into the fact that we can't hear, but you can. You're, if you've been born again, you are wired to hear God speak to you. And so often he speaks out of his word to me. I'll be reading the word and then I'll just breathe on a thought. Now, every believer has a measure of faith is not a strictly revolutionary concept if you've read the word. But when God speaks, it's kind of like life coming alive in your spirit. It's like you, you, you come to attention, you, your mind is alerted, you can't, you're, kind of, you're kind of gathering your thoughts all at once. That's how it works for me anyway. My, I'm focused in on this one idea, and in it is packed all this hope. I feel so hopeful whenever the Holy Spirit starts speaking to my heart. I start to think, I immediately thought, this is, this is something, because God's saying about his, his people that everyone who is a believer has a measure of faith. That is the, one of the most hopeful statements in 2021. When some of us here might be feeling like we're, we're reaching for faith, we're trying to work out how to have faith, trying to suss out even if we do, because life, life's a weird journey, and the world is a crazy place right now. So after I heard this, um, I went to the Bible. I wanted to, I wanted to find where it said that. And it's here in Romans 12. It says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God. This is the Amplified. It's got lots of brackets and extra words because it it actually uh, actually translates the original into an Amplified. It's really a woman's Bible. It's got a lot more words. (laughs) Sexist, I know, but you're embracing it because you're laughing. So it says, "I, I, I urge you. It helps me anyway when I read it just to unpack what it means. Brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your your bodies. Now, this is big. Um, to present actually your whole life as a living sacrifice. Up until this point in history, the, sa- <laughs> the sacrifices that were offered were not going to be living much longer. But you know, when Jesus died for us on the cross, the ultimate death, and when he was resurrected into the ultimate life, you and I stopped having to die on the altar. And we could really truly live. Isn't that awesome? And so we offer our everydayness as an act of worship. Go to the next slide, Nathan. And do not be conformed to this world with its superficial values and customs. Now, this is, that's really interesting. So the, the world seems to have a rhythm and a pattern right, even right now. And you can quite, like Dave was saying, quite quickly feel like you're being pulled into that current. But he says, uh, Paul writes, be transformed. I like this, progressively changed. Because some of you have looked back and you think, I don't know if I've changed much. Oh, trust me, you have. If you've come to faith in Jesus, you've, tried, you've changed way more. Way Warwick has changed way, way, way more. You're a different kind of man. And, you, hey, and you, we may not be where we want to be, but thank God we're not where we used to be. Give him some praise. Come on. Yes. 
And so uh, as you mature, don't like that, we'll take that one out, by the renewing of your mind. Okay, go to the next slide. Now, verse 3 says, For I say to you through the grace given to me, for um, to everyone who is among, among you is another way of saying in the community of faith, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Okay, so now in here, what was happening, and I won't unpack the other parts of the scripture, Nathan, but if you read the context, the Holy Spirit comes as a person looks to Jesus, receives Jesus, trusts Jesus to, to save them, forgive them and make them new. And it's like a clean house. It's like a full renovation. It's kind of like a brand new house has been created. It's not even, renovation's not even the right. It's like a bomb went off on the inside of you and there's a new structure. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you feel like, a, what is it? New creation. And then because, because that is a righteous creation, because Jesus has done it, the Holy Spirit has got a clean place to come in and he'll fill that place. Pretty cool. Naomi, Holy Spirit's going to fill you before the year's out. He's going to fill you. He's going to turn up in your bedroom, and he's going to actually touch your life really powerfully, Naomi. You're, you're an awesome, awesome daughter of God. Really awesome. Set apart. Set apart. You're going to find your groove. And happy birthday, Israel, turning 18 the other day. I got married when I was 18. I don't recommend it. To anyone. <laughs> no one should do it. But if you want to, whatever. But um, <laughs> So, Holy Spirit. Now, now, the Holy Spirit, we're still married, by the way. I'm the same wife. <laughs> same wife. You're a little bit different. You're really hot, but... Anyway, oh, yuck, don't. No, I don't like it when people do that. Don't do that. So the Holy Spirit, and with the Holy Spirit, right? <laughs> Sorry. With the Holy Spirit, he brings gifts. Because now you're a, you're a new kind of uh, being. I'm just telling you who you are in Christ. Because you spent all week listening to what you're not. On the whole. And all the algorithms support it as well, by the way. And so, yeah, and so you're going to be now a living Sacrifice. You're going to be a temple, and God's going to work through you. So the Holy Spirit gives you gifts. So each one of you have been given a gift of God, and it's really, really important. And so Paul probably had this issue where everyone was like, I've got the best gift. <laughs> I've got the better gift. You know, I can cook the slow-cooked brisket, you know, and I can cook toasty pies, and people can comparing the gifts, you know. And, and he's like, and Paul's like, look, you need, you need to do this differently. You need to acknowledge, A, before even Jesus came into your life, you were a total mess. So, so sober up a bit. And then he says, with the gifts, and you can read it, serve one another out of mutual what? Love. And then he says this, to and with the measure of faith. A measure of faith. So everybody's got a measure of faith. Everybody, and I, and, and, and I feel like maybe God spoke that into my spirit because it wasn't actually just about me. I, I, I think within that context, I, I can relate to it. But I think the perfect time for faith is right now. I know that the, the feeling would be, now nah, we've got to just 
we've got to maintain and we've got to, what's the other word for maintaining, Dave? Consolidate. Thanks. We've just got to consolidate and maintain. And I would say to you this, some Christians have been praying for an opportunity like this. They probably didn't want it to be this. No one probably was praying for a pandemic. But a lot of Christians for a lot of times have been praying, God, I pray you'd show up and I pray you'd do something that would get the world's attention and I pray that you'd show them that the very empty things that they've ever contended or lived for is total farce. It's a straw man and show up in the kind of power. Now, guess what? God's set the table. He may not have created it, but he's flipping used it. And he's set the table for the kinds of things that people say, well, you, you know, if you're going to live your life the way that you've just been living it, you are going to be, you are going to be shipwrecked in no time. And it seems to me that the same people who prayed that God would turn up and do something to show the world who he was are now the same people who are like, we've got to consolidate for a while until everything gets back to normal. Normal for you is the word of God and the kingdom of God. The world may be abnormal, but you've got to get used to being an abnormal scenario. God has dropped you like a parachuter into a foreign land. It might be really weird and really uncomfortable, but you've got to get, no, you can get stronger in your faith. And that will actually help you through. I know, I know you're like, why is the pastor talking about faith right now? Let's talk about it when times are good. No, no, no. No, 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 faith, you want to, you want to. So this message is very, very simple because the concept is this. If you've got a measure of faith within you because you believe, I'm going to give you a little bit of leadership direction. You need to develop it. You need to get that thing developed. I was, um, I'll tell you what it's a lot like. When I was 12 years old, I went to my mum's cupboard and I found a nylon string Suzuki guitar in a cover, soft case cover. I'd never once seen her guitar. Maybe as a child I would have, but I, I got it out of the cupboard and I thought, oh, this is good. And I, didn't really, I knew it was a guitar, I'm not an idiot. But uh, I, I got it out and I sat on the couch with it and my mum walked past and she goes, oh. She said the kind of things a parent would say, well, what's that? I'm like, what, what does it look like? It's a small bar fridge. I mean, what are we talking about? And she, she, she said, do you know how to play it? And I said, no. She goes, do you want me to show you? I said, okay. So I pass it over to her. She tunes it up. And then she shows me three chords, G, C, and D. And by the time we were finished sitting on the couch, first time I'd ever put my fingers in the shape of a G or a shape of a C or a shape of a D, never once, ever before. But it activated something within me. Now, I didn't know this, but God had put in me before I was probably at creation, don't know how it all works time-wise, music. Another way to say it is there was a measure or a portion of music, musicality, was in me. But it required my mum to come at the right time to activate. Same thing. There's people in the room, you've got faith, but it hasn't been activated. Dang, this is good stuff. Because you, you think, I can't, I don't believe, so therefore I don't have faith. Not true. If you believe in Jesus, I mean, we might be talking about, I can't believe to raise someone from the dead or see a healing or whatever. Okay, cool. Well, they're, they're, they're symptomatic. They're, they're, they're responses of the Spirit's work, Galatians, amongst you. But if you, be, if you can say Jesus is Lord, you've got faith. Right. And, and it's in there but you just got to get some activation. 
Here are three things that activate or even really do produce faith in our hearts. Three things. Number one is the faithfulness of God. Now, I say this first because God is a God of faith. You think about what he has to deal with with us. I'm believing it's going to be a good day for Graham. I'm really believing it's going to be a good day. Please prove me right. You know, he's like, he's not going to be an idiot and make a dumb decision. He's going to keep on keeping on. God is a God of faith. In fact, Galatians 2.16 says that, that we are justified by works of the law, not by works of the law, but through the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. Or one translation says, pistos is the Greek word, faith in Jesus Christ. But those two thoughts to have faith in Jesus You'd never be able to have faith unless God was faithful. He is 100% trustworthy. God is 100% for you. God, has, he's not shifting in shadows. So when you start to, what I'm showing you is when you start to focus on God, and this is a big thing for people, they get freaked out about their faith because they're like, I don't have strong faith. Well, what are you doing there? You're putting faith in faith. And faith is not an object. It's a response to something. When you get on a plane and you don't have a second thought, you've got faith that that plane's going to carry you. Just like when you sat on that chair, you just believed the seat wasn't going to disappear. You just you didn't even think about it. God wants to get us to this point where we so believe in who he is. And, and if you believe in who he is, the faithfulness of God, number two, you'll believe in what God is coming. It is honestly coming. Number two, what he says. And it's not just as much as like, well, um, you know, he said it, so, okay, that's the end of it. No, there's actually an extra layer. The word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword, and it is so effective. It's got a, the reason it's got a two-edge um, to it, because a, a lot of knives you use have one edge, is that it's, it's, it's good in every moment, backwards and forwards, in reverse, it's grace and truth. It's mercy and mercy and love. It is, the word of God is a power. I once got into trouble when I was younger preaching. Here's what I said. <laughs> I said, the word of God is like magic. That's what I said. Someone got really upset with me. And fair enough, because like there is magic that's like witchcraft and, and vexing and black magic and all of that stuff. It's not what I meant. I, I was trying to get down into a sort of a level where I could understand. No, in and of itself, the word that is spoken by God is so powerful, it actually takes on a nature of itself. What was the last book I read in the Bible before today's reading? What's before First Timothy? Second Thessalonians. Thanks, Simon. And... It said, you've got the word of God within you, which is working and developing you. So you just get the word into you and it starts to do stuff in there. What is it doing? Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of wrong, Christos, Christ. That's the Greek word. It's been translated into God, but the word relating to Jesus. So when, so. The faithfulness of God is you thinking about the goodness of God, the wonder of God, the strength of God, the power of God. What happens? Your faith's activated. The word of God is listening to the words of God and you meditate on the words of God and it becomes like flesh within you and it begins to tell you what you can do and what you should be able to do and you start to what contend for it. Now here's a third one that is not talked about very often and I talked about it two weeks ago and that is hope. Believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, hope produces 
faith. This is Colossians chapter one. And it says this, this is a powerful scripture. For we have heard, Paul was writing to those in um, this area. This is why the letter's to them. And he says, we've heard of your faith. So there it is, people with faith, to be able to do what God said you could do, to believe beyond what you see in Jesus Christ. So that's really good. And always with faith, if you ever, okay, if you ever meet a nasty Christian, there's something wrong with their faith. If you ever meet a nasty Christian, I'm not, I'm not talking about had a moment because we all have moments. I'm talking about they are just anti-everybody. Because faith in the scriptures is always, always partnered with love. And if you're growing in faith, you're going to be growing in love. And if you're growing in love, it means you've been growing in faith. But where is the substance of this? It is which comes from your faith and your love comes from what? Confident hope. Okay. Of what God has reserved for you in heaven. This goes back to my talk to you two weeks ago that when you're thinking about eternal things, so you start imagining the things beyond this lifetime. When you start thinking beyond your final breath, you, right now there's a realm beyond us called the heavenly realms. And in heaven, it seems and appears that God has reserved things for you in heaven with your name on it. Griffin, there's a big shipping container in heaven with your name on it. It's probably not a shipping container. I don't know what, how God stores things. But look, look what's reserved for you, Griffin, in heaven. And God wants you, as you start to think about the things that he has for you, Where's Jesse? Jesse, God has got, I hope you're not on Facebook. You're probably taking notes, I'm sure of it. Yeah, you are, good man. Would have been awkward if you were on Facebook, but anyway. Jesse, God has got things reserved for you in heaven, things with your name on it. And I want to encourage you at your age, Griffin and Jesse and others as well, that right now, and even if you want to enroll yourself because you're young at heart in this, I want to tell you, start thinking about, what is that biblically? What's thinking about the things that are in heaven? What is it? Imagining. God speaks through vision, dreams, and imaginations. It is amazing. Thanks. Because it's a gift. I talked two weeks ago about under the hood. It's quite weird to do that because they are on our staff. So this is slightly conflict of interest. But I love the idea that these guys, to glorify God, to advance in life, to make a dent, and to savor our taste buds, started to pit, but I bet under the hood was an idea in their minds well before it was a sauce in a bottle. Shameless plug. Flippin' delicious too. I bet it was, of course it was. Elon Musk, he's put a car in space. But do you know where that, he put it in a rocket ship, like when they first, early days of SpaceX. That is a materialized outcome that came from what? That didn't just happen. Didn't just eventuate. And you've been built to activate imagination. And what is imagination at the heart of it? It is hope. Hope means expectation. And our God is a God of hope. In fact, what does it say in the book of Isaiah? That you, it's coming to me. To be strong in hope. Too many Christians, I'm shouting now, that means I'm excited. Or it means the message is about to end, either one. Don't count your chickens too, too early. Too many Christians, I'll say it softly, are weak in hope. They've got nothing to hope for because they've been told a lie that if you're a good Christian, you'll get a car upgrade every two years. Hey, go for it. I don't care. That's fine. But that's not the essence of your faith and hope. The essence of your hope is 
beyond the curtain and the veil of today is a master and his name is Jesus. And he's better than anything. And even he has imaginations for you. He has dreams for you. He has aspirations for you. I believe it. He's proven it right through the eons of the scripture that he gives thoughts. So we've got to get ourselves into an activated state of faith. Because you've got to measure faith, but you've got to activate it. There's so many things in life that want to deactivate it. Damn, this message is good. Sorry, I swore. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me one another. I, you know, like if you can activate your faith, you can deactivate your faith. You can. This stuff, can you spot it? Can, can you recognize the thing that deactivates your faith? Thinking God's unfaithful. Not getting the word, his word in your spirit. Not living in hope. Do all three of those, but in reverse. Now, the reason I wanted to bring this message, and Reuben, come on back up. In fact, if you want, I can just do it for you. Ready, Mac? Ready? That wind's beautiful, isn't it? This was the song mum taught me. What? This is the song on the couch. Does this one go too? Why are you so short? What? That is not G. Is it? Is it another key? Creating me a clean heart. Oh, God. Thanks, Ruben. This is what she taught me. And when you were right spirit within me, creating me a clean heart. Oh, God. And when you're right spirit within me, cast me not away from your presence, oh Lord, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and when you're right spirit within this is a keyboard, not a guitar. <laughs> like, sorry. <laughs> like, <no. laughs> okay, so this is, this is it in a nutshell now. You really want to get to what I wanted to tell you? I don't like to do this, but I'm going to do it. Imagine I gave you $5,000 right now. Every one of you. Just imagine. Hope. Hope. Imagine. Crystal. I'd be very interested to know what you'd do. Every one of you, I'm going to give you five grand. I'm not, but I imagine. <laughs> I'd like to. What would you do with it? Forget the message so far. Just think about this. What would you do with it? Now, I just wrote a couple of options down of what some people do with it. Some people just ignore it. Some people just spend it and throw it away. Some people leave it alone and hope the bank, I mean, right now, the interest is like less than inflation. So, you know. Um, what you should do if I gave you five grand is you should do the same thing you should do with your faith. You ready? You imagine the possibilities. Consider your options. Think, research, read, explore, consider. And then what you should do is work out out of that total amount, what could I do with it? 
What difference would it make if I put it to use? The best thing that you could do with it, whatever you choose, is you would develop it. You wouldn't just go out and buy new stuff. Because you have lived without it, so it's a gift. And now I give it to you, you could develop it. And if you set it to use and you stretch it and kind of like really think it through, get some good advice, external advice, it could become something. Faith is like what I just described to you. You've been given a measure. Now go to the screen, watch. This is the message in a nutshell. You've been called to develop it and deploy it. Your faith, you've been called to develop it. How big could this thing grow in you? How much? Could you move a mountain? Could you shift some stuff? Not even in your own life. Could, could some of you with your faith make a difference in this country? And then I want to shock you into some sort of action this week because there's something else you can do here. Add it now. Not only can you develop and deploy it, but you can deploy and develop. Faith is supernatural in that the best way to grow your faith is to use it, not just to think about it. You know how fast you'll grow in faith when you share your faith with someone out of the blue? Do you know how fast your faith grows? Do you know how much you learn about faith when you just rock up and go, can I pray for you? You, have, you would learn more in that half an hour encounter than you would in a whole three years in Bible college because your faith is designed to work in action. What did the writer of Hebrews say? Is it in Hebrews? You can confirm it once I say it. <laughs> he said, I don't, no, it's James. Thank you once again, you've done it. James, I just look at people and they give me the answers. It's like some subliminal system. Faith without action or works is dead. So, okay, so you've got a measure of faith, but we've got to start, oh my gosh, guys, don't come under the fear of COVID. Look at it like a giant harvest field. Go plant some good works in that thing. Good works will never get you to heaven, but good works might get heaven to earth. Oh man, this is good message. This is a blinder. We're having a blinder. I, I just really pray that you develop it. Like in seven days, Nikki, you could do more with your faith in seven days than you ever imagined. You know, one of the things I think is just getting out of the headspace alone. Imagine, dream, get the information. Start to get into the heart space. Praying in the tongues, praying in the spirit, getting into the word, word, step out in Jesus' name. So I'm gonna pray, okay? I've gone, I think I've used all of my time. I think I've got five, five minutes left. Okay, so I'm gonna pray with those five minutes. I was gonna do something else, but Dave will come and wrap this puppy up. I, I've, I've just gotta get, I've really gotta make sure though you're clear, okay? You've been given a measure of faith. It compounds over a long time if you just grow that thing. Don't settle for just make, getting by. Don't consolidate. Take some steps of faith. Start a small group. Go pray for people. Every day this week, read your Bible. Every day. Every single day. Watch your faith activate. There'll be a gift that comes out of you in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Father, Man, I thank you for your word. It is the richest of riches. It is a banquet of all banquets. It is a feast. Oh, I can just feel my soul, Lord, basking in you just as we come, come to your word and as we talk about your word. And 
There's something I need from you, Lord. I need you to come right now and minister. I need you to come and minister. You told me about this measure of faith for a reason. You wanted people to start paying attention to the dormant gift within. And to know that if they attempt and fail, faith can still grow. Faith is beyond. Faith is beyond trusting you and believing you. I believe you can do anything. And sometimes my faith tells me it's so. And other times, Lord, I I wrestle to grab hold of it, but I know it. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you're wondering what the next step in your faith journey looks like, please get in touch with us. Email us at info at or visit our website.